I invite you to turn, please, in your Bible to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. Oh, the truths we're about to uncover are just incredible. They are incredible. We invite you now to discover super bold truths from the prodigal son's brother. That's right. That's where we're going to learn from. From Luke 15. Super Bowl truths from the prodigal's older brother. Here we are. In Luke 15, it says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety-nine others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over ninety-nine others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. And so we have the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and now we come to the parable of the lost son, verse 11. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth among his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one, no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses... He said to himself, At home even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Verse 25. The older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. 
And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told. And your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. When this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now is found. Amen. I call this title, this message, Super Bowl Truths from the Prodigal's Older Brother, because once a year, as most of you know, there is the Super Bowl, the great championship game between the two teams that in football that have made it to the finals, and it is considered to be one of the most important and one of the most watched sporting events in, in all of the world, from what I am told. And it is so because they consider it to be so important. Well, in my opinion, the truths that we're about to delve into are, are even more important than the Super Bowl. They're very important because they come from God's Word, from God's truth. And uh, I want to share with you these truths. And if, if you're interested in a more simpler title, it would simply be Life-Changing Lessons from the Prodigal's Older Brother, life-changing lessons. Here's the first truth I want you to think upon with me. It is this. Be careful to show forgiving love towards people instead of resentment and bitterness. This truth comes out of the whole story of the parable of the lost son. In the parable, obviously the father was very loving and forgiving towards his wayward son, when the son chose to return home after wasting his inheritance on some crazy living. The NIV study Bible beautifully says this. It says, The forgiving love of the Father symbolizes the divine mercy of God. Isn't that beautiful? The forgiving love of the Father symbolizes the divine mercy of God. Unfortunately, the older brother was filled with resentment. When that younger son decided to head home again, you would have thought that this older brother would have been there with his dad, throwing his arms around that older brother, giving a big hug and kiss and jumping on his back or whatever and tackling him and just having fun. But the reality is, the Bible here tells us the older brother was filled with resentment and bitterness. Why? Maybe it was because from when the two brothers were little, perhaps the older one felt the younger one was shown favoritism by the father and mother. Or it could be that when the younger son said to his father, I want my share of your estate now before you go. It could be the older son resented his younger brother for what he felt was serious disrespect for the father. It is possible that after the younger son left, left home, to do his own thing, 
It could be that the older son had to work harder. He maybe had to work harder in the fields because he he no longer had the help of his younger brother. It might also be that this older brother simply had a hard time rejoicing. It could be he just had a tough time rejoicing with, with anyone when something good happened to them. Some people, unfortunately, have a hard time getting blessed when someone else gets blessed. Maybe this brother was like that. It could also be that, unfortunately, the the older son might have felt that his father had been unfair with him personally. And I say this because of what the son says in verse 29. The son says, uh, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never, you never gave me, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Maybe he felt his father had been unfair. Was the father somewhat inconsiderate with the older son? We don't know for sure because even though the older son said what we just read in verse 29, even though that's what he said, the truth is he was very angry. And when people are very angry, what they say is not always accurate and nor is it the full truth. There were probably many reasons. There were many reasons why the older son was resentful and bitter. But whatever were his reasons, we discover that you and I need to be careful to show forgiving love towards people. Family members, people outside of the family, in the church, wherever. We need to show forgiving love towards people instead instead of displaying resentment, bitterness, as we see in this older brother. One of the commentators, Dr. William Barclay, says this. He says, he, the older brother, stands for the self-righteous Pharisees who would rather see a sinner destroyed than saved. Is there anyone you would prefer to see destroyed rather than have something good happen to them? If so, I want to encourage you. I want to invite you to to let go of your resentment and let go of the bitterness because it is hurting you spiritually, physically, and emotionally. It's hurting you more than anyone else. Amen. So that's the first Super Bowl truth that we can discover from the prodigal's older brother. And here's a second, a second truth that is very important as well. It is this. Be careful to look upon your relationship with your heavenly father as a son or daughter and not as a slave. Now stick with me. I don't think I've ever noticed this truth from this parable before until I was studying in preparation for this message. Please remember how the Father in this parable symbolizes our Heavenly Father. Notice what the older son says in verse 29. The older son says, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. Notice he says, All these years, I've slaved, I've slaved for you. Dr. Norval Geldenheis, in his commentary, says this. He says, 
He regarded his relation to his father as one of slavish bondage instead of the free and spontaneous relationship of a child. Did you get that? Dr. Geldenheis. He regarded his relation to his father as one of slavish bondage instead of the free and spontaneous relationship of a child. Here's the question. Do you perhaps look upon your relationship with your heavenly father as, as one of slavish bondage instead of the free and spontaneous relationship of a child? Dr. Geldenheis goes on in another paragraph and he says, The religion of most of the Pharisees and scribes was essentially one of rigid lack of freedom. It was a severe burden on them and made their lives cheerless, for their obedience to the law of God was constrained and not founded upon sincere love and gratitude towards God. May your relationship and mine to our Heavenly Father be cheerful. May it be a cheerful relationship, not cheerless, and may our obedience to God spring forth from sincere love and gratitude from our heart. Amen? Let us look upon our relationship with our Heavenly Father as a son or as a daughter and not as a slave. Here's a third Super Bowl truth, and it is this. Be careful not to think that you are so great and perfect and that others are not. This truth came to my mind when I reflected upon verses 29 and 30. Look at them with me once again here. The older son replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And at all that time you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. I realize that this son, this son never directly says, he doesn't straightforwardly say that he thought of himself as, as great and, and perfect while believing his younger brother was anything but perfect. But just the words, just the words of this older brother uses suggests to me that in a sense, in a sense he is saying, look how great and perfect I have been. Dad, look how great and perfect I have been compared to this son of yours. Dad, look how great I've been compared to that guy. By the way, the Pharisees in that first century, the Pharisees and teachers of religious law, also thought that they were great and perfect and that tax collectors and other sinners were, were just nothing. They just didn't matter to God. That's how they thought. And I want to say this to us. Please, no matter how good you are or I am, no matter how good we might be, no matter how many achievements and accomplishments you have, no matter how many degrees you earn, no matter if you drive one of the fanciest cars or you own one of the biggest homes in the city, 
no matter how many followers you have on uh, Twitter, no matter how many followers you might have uh, on, on someone's list, no matter how rich you ever become, be careful not to think, not to think that you are or that I am. Be careful not to think that we are so great and perfect and that others aren't. Amen? Here's a powerful Bible verse. James 4.10 Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up in honor. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up in honor. An Atlanta minister tells the story of a clergyman who was given a very flowery introduction. And when the clergyman stood up to present his message, he said this, he said, May the Lord forgive this man for his excesses, and may the Lord forgive me for enjoying them so much. All right. I take you to this fourth Super Bowl truth, and it is this. Be careful to choose words which can promote healing instead of more hurt. Amen. This comes to my mind from verses 30 and 31. I want you to notice that the older son says in verse 30, Yet when this son of yours... The older son says to the father, Yet when this son of yours... He doesn't call him my brother. He refers to the prodigal not as his brother, but as this son of yours. Words like that will tend to do what? They will tend to promote more hurt, more pain. However, notice the father's words in verse 31. His father said to him, Look, my dear. Look, dear son. Isn't that nice? Beautiful? Look, dear son. You have always stayed with me, and everything I have is yours. Look, dear son. Proverbs 15, verse 1 says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Proverbs 16, verse 24 says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. In talking with people, the question is this. Do you and I choose words which can promote healing instead of more hurt? Healing instead of hurt? Let's go to a fifth Super Bowl truth from the prodigal's older brother, and it is this. Be careful not to have a nasty mind. Don't make others look worse than they really are. This truth comes from verse 30, where we read, Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf, says the older son. Notice, notice he says, When the son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, Stick with me. 
There is no mention in the story that the younger brother had any involvement with prostitutes until the older brother's statement right here. Did you notice that? This older brother had a nasty mind. He was making his younger brother to look worse than he perhaps had been. Now, I want to be fair to this older brother and tell you that some of the Bible commentators, such as Dr. Howard Marshall, who was an outstanding scholar, such as Dr. Howard Marshall writing in the New Testament or the New International Greek Testament commentary on Luke, Dr. Marshall says, the mention of harlots or the mention of prostitutes is made without evidence, but on grounds of probability. It is possible, or even probable, that the prodigal son had some involvement with prostitutes while he was off in the far country. Nevertheless, all of us would do much better to not have a nasty mind. Amen? Don't make others look, look worse than they really are. Instead, look for the good in each person. This older brother should have said, in my judgment, this older brother should have said, Father, isn't it great, isn't it great that my younger brother has come to his senses? Isn't it great that, that he, he wants to straighten out his, his life once again? Isn't it wonderful that he has come, he has come wanting to say, I just want to be a servant around here. I don't deserve to be treated as a son. I don't deserve all the blessings of the family. I, I just want to be, I just want to be a servant around here. You would have thought, this older brother would have responded that way. Instead, the older brother talks about how this younger brother squandered his money on prostitutes. Here's the question. Do you, do you make other people sound better or worse than they really are? Do I make other people sound better? Or worse than they really are. Here's our sixth Super Bowl truth. We're at the sixth yard line. And it is this. Be careful to remember your blessings and what you have. This truth came to my mind from verse 31 where it says this. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. Son, son, listen, listen. Everything I have is yours. According to their laws and traditions, the oldest son inherited two-thirds of the father's property, belongings, and whatever they had. The older son inherited two-thirds, and the younger son one-third. The father had already given to the younger son, that is the prodigal son, the father had already given his one-third, which he had wasted away in some distant land or country. The older son would have known that the farm and everything else which his father had was now totally going to be inherited by the older son. In verse 31, the father says, everything I have is yours. Had the older son forgotten? I don't know. I don't know, but the father's words are a reminder to me 
for all of us to remember our blessings and what we have. And not focus on what we don't have. If you and I constantly count our blessings and name them one by one, I believe it will help us to better show forgiving love. To show forgiving love towards people instead of showing resentment and bitterness. So there you are, my friends. Six Super Bowl truths from the prodigal's older brother. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the many truths that we're able to discover. Life-changing lessons from the prodigal's older brother. We're grateful for these truths. And Lord, where any of us, where any of us are living out these truths, we want to celebrate and rejoice in the fact that we are indeed practicing them. And Lord, where perhaps we need to change things up, may you instruct us and change us and correct us and redirect us into the person you want us to become for your honor and for your glory. Lord, we rejoice in the fact that the younger son, that son that was a prodigal, came to that point where he said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us to pray that kind of a prayer so that no matter what the older brother does, no matter what someone else does, we make our peace with our Heavenly Father. We're thankful that we can have peace. We can be justified by faith as we ask you to forgive us of our sins. And as we believe in Jesus, your Son, that he died on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for our sins. Thank you for adopting us into your family by faith. And now, Lord, we want to celebrate our faith through the Lord's Supper. We celebrate, Lord, our faith as we take the bread and the cup, emblems of your broken body and shed blood. And we say, Lord, once upon a time I was a prodigal. I may not have called myself that. I may not have specifically known that I was a prodigal. But once upon a time I was a prodigal. And praise ye the Lord. I came to my senses. And I came back to my heavenly Father. And I'm a child of yours now. I am a child of the King. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Praise be to your name. Through Christ we pray. Amen.